Okay, sorry. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Welcome to a new episode of the Mo Show podcast. I was just telling Inji that it's so much easier when it's someone who I know. Mm-hmm. There's no ice that needs to be broken. And it... Uh, the ice has melted and it's <laughs> evaporated <laughs> and then dissolved. <laughs> because when it's someone I don't know, there's a bit of formality. How much can you joke? How much can you not joke? Are they going to find your jokes funny? There's so many moving parts to it that... You're in your head so much you forget about delivering the content and the questions and all yeah. that. So, so I mean, with the person who I had yesterday, I didn't know her. Okay. Yeah. But alhamdulillah, the chemistry was with there her. even on on conversations on the yeah. phone call. Uh, but with you, it's like um, it's, <laughs> I, I'm actually worried that we're going to be joking the whole time. That is not going to be <laughs> serious. There's nothing there, guys. Sorry, There's no, <laughs> we're not going to give you anything. It's be jokes. <laughs> uh, no, I'm sure we'll put something together. It's going to be very wonderful. Um, thank you for coming on the show. I saw your episode with uh, with Anas and I loved it. And I even told Anas, I was like, you know what was so, uh, outside of the content obviously was fantastic, but I, what, what I loved about it specifically is that you came back yeah. whenever it was the next day. And he was like, Mo, by the way, I was in football practice and I literally came from football so we can shoot because Inji wanted to add something in there that she didn't. Yeah. And, and bless him for saying that he always wants a, a true reflection of a person yeah. and and I loved that and I, I I learned from that as well and I loved what you said on that podcast and I was like you know what I want Inji on <laughs> <laughs> for goodness sake <laughs> so thank you for uh, thank you. agreeing to come on and uh, I've been and wanting to do that for quite some time I was going to book my ticket to Saudi <laughs> but thank God you're here Alhamdulillah it means a lot to me that you've been wanting to come on this that you you know believe in what we do right. and um to put your name on it is uh, is something that really I don't take lightly. Thank you. So thank you. Thank you. Okay, open-ended core. Oh, yeah, right back at you. Right back at you. Well, let me do so much. I don't know if they know that we went to school together. We're not going to say how long ago it was. No, 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 of course not. This is uh, shameful. It, yeah, we'll, we'll keep it uh, to ourselves. 100%, but it's not not too long ago. Hence why the chemistry is still <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. But yes, it's, yeah. That was, um, that was, that was the beginning, AUD, um, and uh, I could just get right into how proud I am of you going from that to where you went to after, and then you pivoted, and then you said, no, no, I want to do this, to what you're doing today. I hope you acknowledge that and you give yourself the props that you deserve. Because it's not easy to say, this isn't serving me, I can do more yeah. out so I salute you for that. And believe it or not, I just want to get this off my chest, that you have inspired me to say the same thing to myself, honestly, because I do this now full time and I've been doing it full time for 26 days. Wow. Wow. After AUD, I did 13 years in corporate uh, environment and it got to the point where I said, no, it's time that I give this my undivided attention. And when I saw your journey, I swear to God, it was something that motivated me to say, it's time to move on. Oh my God, I love that. Thank you so much. Like, I, I'm done. You weren't, you weren't expecting I'm done. that. No, I'm done. That's, that's it. I got, I got, I got what I need. That's, that's right. a wrap. Shortest episode in Mosho history. <laughs> that's, exactly, that's all I needed to hear today. Thank you. No, but, uh, but thank you so much. That means a lot to me, you know, coming from someone like you that I look up to. Um, because when you're in it, truth be told is I don't salute myself. And I'm most of the days I'm not proud of myself. 
not because I mean when you when you step out and you look at the whole picture yes but people don't usually do that right when you're living the moment every moment and you see how much you're hustling and you see how many doors are closing your face and you see you know you you know just to step back I'm a people pleaser and I always wanted everyone to like me and I and I strived and I strived on that um and then when I'm when you start doing this and you're put in so many different industries and doing so many different things and opportunities you don't create your own your own opportunities right you they need to be created for you you're going to work towards them and then you realize that not everybody likes you not everybody understands you um so the failures you know they're small I won't say failures they're lessons that I've been learning throughout you know but but throughout it all you always feel you haven't done enough and the problem you know the good thing about social media is touching people but there's also the other thing that you feel like your life is under the microscope so once you reach a certain milestone you know you see people salute you celebrate you five minutes later okay now my next milestone has to be bigger and better and so it's never enough it's never enough and sometimes it's like it's a slow killer until you realize at one point you know what no this I'm gonna enjoy the journey and you know it's so cliche but I have been making conscious effort I you know I actually started seeing a life coach when I realized that it was getting out of hand, where my highs were high and my lows were low. And I'm, I'm, I'm a very balanced person, so I couldn't deal with that. And I started seeing a life coach just so I can put things into perspective and sort of like have a question, you know, that, that life question, what is it? You know, so I, when we first started doing the, you know, working together, she's like, what's the question that basically that you live for? And I was like, am I going to succeed in my career? And then there are sub-questions and then I couldn't answer them and I couldn't even You know, I, I couldn't fathom what they meant. So we had to, we, we worked for five hours and we had to keep changing, changing. And then finally the question was, does this give me peace of mind? And then everything just fell into place. And my whole life changed. Honestly, it hasn't been that long. It's been probably six, seven months, but everything changed. And I do now appreciate the good moments, but I, most of all, I just, I enjoy every little thing, like when I'm acting, even like when I'm, you know, I was, I was doing a series now in Egypt and I was talking to my dad and my dad's like, Habib, because we'd work like overnight. I, I go to work at 1 p.m., come back home at 9 a.m. My dad was like, you're A.m.? A.m., yes, that's, that's acting. For 19 me. hour days? Yes, because you're not really working the whole time, right? Because you go there, you do hair and makeup, then you sit, you wait for your scene and then, you know, yeah, so there's a lot of waiting time. And my dad told me, he's like, you know, Habib, you're I love it. I feel so alive and it drives me and I'm going to make sure whether I get another series after it or whether whether I succeed in this one or not, I'm going to make sure I enjoy every moment doing this. And I did. And it made a very big difference in my overall mood and my overall, you know, as a mother. And I keep talking about so many things, right? I'm going to stop talking. No, no, no. Keep going. I'm so in tune with that. <laughs> I, was, I was quickly going to follow up with, is that when you know whether you're doing something that you're supposed to be doing with how it feels inside? Yes. Okay. 100%. 100%. Because there are a lot of things that I, part of, you know, I do a lot of things, right? Some things I don't enjoy very much, um, but I do them for different reasons. And I, I see the, you know, I, I see how I feel. So right now, and again, I, you know, I don't know if you've ever heard me say that before, but your dreams and goals change. They could change from yesterday to, 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 to tomorrow. You know what I mean? And I could, you know, spend five years of my life working towards a certain goal and I get to it, I think, hmm, it's not what I wanted. And you know what? It's fine. But now my, what's overtaking my life in terms of the way I think and what I want is acting. 
because I feel like I have so much to give and I haven't done I haven't done enough I haven't done anything really um so that's really now my dream and it's it's like the umbrella that you know is top of everything covering everything else and everything else just comes under it does it feel like work not at all but the process to get it to get a role is very frustrating to be honest why is it that you in G do what you do today why do you do it in everything in your life okay so i do a lot of things right and then you know i do so in terms of work wise the acting the emceeing the social media um acting is because you know you know when you used to play those games uh, where you ask people questions super quick questions like what do you want to do blah, 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 and you have to answer super quick without thinking and if it's it was always if we were to write a book about your life what would you say what would you call it like a uh, diary of a schizo you know and everyone's like what where did that come from And I always felt that I have, you know, and, and people that know me, they they see a lot of characters within within me. And I always felt that I wanted to explore them, um, you know, but society and culture and, you know, you know, and time doesn't allow you to to explore these. It's just it's just weird. And I think acting, not I think, acting was the thing for me that would allow me to live different lives and explore different characters and different emotions and also deal with traumas and emotions. Um, in a way that's therapeutic without really seeing a therapist. Um, so that's why that's why I wanted to be an actress. Um, emceeing, you know, the first time I ever emceed was when I was with the... No, first time I ever did public speaking was at university, AUD. And I was so nervous. And when I went up, you know, in front of the, in, in, in front of the classroom, when I ended up getting an A plus in every single public speaking course, and I realized I was really good at it, um, And then I did it at Reuters and I really enjoyed being on stage. I really enjoyed being heard. You know, unfortunately, being a woman um, that dresses nicely and looks a certain way, people always just want to look at her or think that she can't speak and can't say anything. So being, you know, when you're up on stage, you're demanding, you're demanding attention. You're going to hear me. And when you hear me and you like what you hear, you're going to look at me differently. And I always wanted to do that. And that's why I do MC. And it also... You know, there's nothing boring about emceeing because I do so many different events, whether it's a fashion event, whether it's a corporate event, whether it's uh, tech, whether it's engineering, you know, so it's, I get it, I get, you know, I get to experience different, you know, I get to meet different people. Um, social media has, you know, it started for a reason, which was just as an, you know, as a means to an end of presenting. But then I, you know, I've, I've, I've met people through, the, you know, online that, make me feel alive every day the love the love that people give me the you know being able to share things with people I'm not a very private person I'm actually I'm not private at all and I love sharing and I love you know I love showing the bad and the good and I love doing all that and I you know realizing how it resonates with people and and again the love when I walk in the street and people say we follow you and we love you that makes me feel on top of the world and I would not trade that for anything So that's why I do all that. It's worth it, yeah. Yeah. And being a mom, I'm my mom. God gave me the gift of kids, which is the most beautiful thing in the world. Being a wife is, you know, this is just the things that are given to us. Alhamdulillah, blessings, you know, that I cannot deny. A few reactions. First one is, why didn't you go straight into public speaking the moment you realized that you had a knack for it, as opposed to going to Reuters when you left AD? Uh I actually was a banker before Reuters. I went to finance, studied finance. Um, that was your major? That was my major. So I wanted to say, initially I wanted to be a lawyer. Okay, no, I wanted to be an actress since I was a little, very young, mm -hmm. very, very young. But in our family, it was, 
no way, like, what do you mean? You know, this is, so it was out of the question. So I wanted to be a lawyer because I always wanted to defend people and I also wanted to speak out loud and, you know, stand in front of everyone and just, you know, demand attention. Um, but you had, to have, you had to have a pre-law degree. So my dad promised me, he's like, you know what, uh, go to AUD, get a pre-law degree and then we'll explore you when you're a bit older to travel abroad and do law because there was no law in Dubai. Um, so it was, you know, my dad really wanted me to do finance and I really studied the finance because my dad wanted me to do it. So when I graduated, I got a very good job at NBAD. It was sort of just, it was, the wheel was running. There's, I didn't make any choices. I didn't make any decisions. I graduated, very good grades, got a very good job. And that's just how it went. You know, I didn't think about it. I only started thinking. I only started thinking. I only started thinking. When, you know, when I turned 30. And I turned 30, that's when... You started thinking. You know, I started thinking. Because, you know, I was like, where am I? What am I doing? What, do I want to be here? Did I make the right choices? You know, and I was, I mean, I'm sure you're going to ask me about these things later, but it was very existential time for me because I really was questioning everything and everybody. And, mm. you know, I, I cut friendships and I made new friends and I, so many things changed in my life when I turned, you know, between 30 and 31. Okay, I'm noticing <laughs> something that I not call you out on, but I want a little more information on. Okay. Yeah, don't call me out on anything. <laughs> let it go I said something wrong you say that you grew up the majority of your growing up years you were a people pleaser yes but at the same time you are outspoken and you don't take shit yes how do those two coexist because it's genuine and it's real for me um i know that people you know we live in a we live in a time where being real is not something you see every day. And you know real when you see it, you know? And so I know that when I'm real, people will see it. And I know that my real is good. I know that I have, and I always say, I might be insecure about so many things, but the one thing that I'm so confident about is my heart. I know how good my heart is. And I know that people will, will see right through it and will love me because of that, if they choose to. I mean, I, I always thought people see it anyway. But recently I realized not everyone sees it and even people that see it might not appreciate it. And then you know what? Then I don't really care anymore. Now I don't care. Even more. You don't care what people think? No, I don't. Isn't it liberating? Oof. Weight off your shoulders. Weight off my shoulders. Yeah. Wait, but then it's then but then there's a very thin line when you're like, I'm gonna do like controversial stuff and I wanna do more and I wanna push boundaries and I wanna push limits and wait, 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 just hold you know, hold your voices. And the fact that you have that awareness yeah. is is all the guardrails you need. Yeah, but it took a lot. It took a lot of, of you know, self-talk, of being alone. I mean, because I travel a lot for my work, so I'm alone most of the time in the hotel rooms. And, you know, I don't sleep very well, so I'm always thinking about it. And it did, it was tough. I've had a lot of tough moments, but I could, can say that today I'm very happy with, with where I am. Is it as glamorous as those up-and-coming actors and actresses feel that the acting industry is? Not at all. Not at all. I mean, let me take you back before acting, just emceeing, okay? Because emceeing looks also very glamorous when I'm standing on stage in that big, you know, haute couture gown and hair and whatever, and everyone's clapping. You know, and actually backstage, I'm sitting in a room, probably sitting on a Masafi, uh, you know, cartonet maya, 
um, you know, not even finding water, you know, it's, so it's, so it, no, it's not acting as well. Acting is, you know, you, I told you, you work very long hours, you work in, you know, hard conditions and I, and I'm, and I haven't even done that much, you know what I mean? So I can imagine the people that have, you know, the big actors, what they've done, but what's, what's, I mean, the, the glamour could come when the project is successful. That's where the glamour comes in. But just like anything else, you know, there is some sort of aspect of glamour, but just because acting is an entertainment industry and people want, you know, it's just seen by so many people that it looks glamorous, but, but no, it's not, not that I've seen the glamorous side of it. When you watch a performance of yours, is that when you know whether you nailed it or not? Or after you perform, do you, do you know that, yeah, you know what, I got that right? Never. <laughs> I never said I got that right. It's how, look, with acting, to be, look, again, I'm going to talk about emceeing, but emceeing is because you feel the energy right there and there from the people. And it's so strong. The response. The response. And you feel, you feel like there are so many events that I hosted on be on stage and the, the energy is dead and I feel like, oh my God, I'm, you know, I just, you feel it. With acting, because I'm fairly new, you know, I've been doing it now, what, for two years probably. Um, and I haven't had roles that I feel sort of, um, I don't know, you know, I'm going to say it in Arabic. I will always... Fulfillment. Fulfillment. It didn't, it didn't fulfill me. I didn't get a role that fulfilled me yet. So I'm always going to be critical. Um, and I have a bad thing that I always need someone to tell me. So when I was doing my last series, you know, the director would always give me words of, you know, they was always praising me and being really kind to me. And that's when I felt good. But I then he'd make me see my scene and I'm like, I don't know what you liked about that, but okay. And now when it's coming out, it's coming out this week. I am so nervous because I, you know, I have people, I remember when I first did my first series, I was so happy and it took so much out of me, so much, because it was like a psycho role and it was very tough. And also my Egyptian wasn't as strong. Like I taught myself Egyptian. I never used to speak Egyptian nine years ago. So it's, you know, so it was very tough for me. And I had friends that called me and I didn't ask them for advice. I didn't ask for their opinion. We didn't like the way you did this. We didn't like the way you did that. And I'm like, but I didn't ask you. But thanks, you know, we didn't like the way you looked. We didn't like your hair. We didn't like the way you said, you know, and it, so you're, and now I, now I understand when you put yourself out there, yeah. you will get that whether you ask for it or not. And I just learned to live with it, but I'm not going to deny it does affect me. You know, at the end of the day, when I go to bed, does come to my head and why did they say that? Maybe they're right. So, you know, I'm not going to do my hair like that, or I'm not going to do my makeup like that, or you need to work on my Arabic. Maybe, maybe I'm not a good actor. Maybe, you know, maybe I'm never going to be an actress. So you, people do cause self-doubt. I see why you signed up with a life coach. Yes. Yes. There's a lot of issues. <laughs> do you read the comments? Um, to be honest, not really. I don't go through my comments. I don't go through my comments. I mean, if, if, I, if they pop, I just look. Yeah. You know, but sometimes like my dad would send me the comments. Um, but I always see that when I do something like interviews in Egypt and stuff and they're posted on Facebook, they send me the comments and they're always very positive mm -hmm. and that makes me very happy. I don't usually get a lot of negative comments, thank God. I'm not big enough, I think, to be, 
to get so many negative comments. Um, I think everyone that follows me likes me. So um, alhamdulillah, yani, I'm, I'm fine. I said something to um, Wadad who was on yesterday. I said that if every negative comment that was ever written online to a person had to also be said to that person to their face. Mm. So if you're going to write something online, you then have to also say to their face. And that would never happen. 90% of the comments would be wiped out, if not more. 100%. These keyboard warriors uh, should really not affect us because... Yeah. As long know. as they don't affect you. So actually there was one time, um, one time there was this guy messaging me privately and I just wasn't, I wasn't replying really. He wasn't really saying anything with substance. And then suddenly I was sitting and I f- my friend calls me up and you know she, we had the old Instagram where whenever you if you had commented on any picture sorry right. if you had commented on any picture um, if someone else comments you'd get a notification yeah yeah so my friend called me and she's like oh my god there is this guy check your Instagram and I remember I remember very well I was sitting on the couch watching TV the kids were sleeping my husband was out of town and I opened and I looked at the comments and my stomach immediately started hurting and tears were flowing down my my, my face because he was praying, saying very bad things about my children, like wishing them harm. Like, and it was very intense. The words were heavy. The words were painful. And that's that affected me. I got, I felt guilty. I felt maybe it's because I put my kids out there. I'm allowing that to happen to them, you know? And, and it took a toll on me for a while. But then I realize, and then, but I do something. I never post anything of my kids without their approval. Since they were little, you know, that's why people think I'm closer to Yusuf, but I'm close to both of them. But because Yusuf, once when I ask, can I post what I just took of you? Yes, post it. Kareem would say no, so I wouldn't. So I always ask them. I like that. Yeah. It's, um, Many of us, I, I never asked my kid if I can post and then, and you made me, because I have twins who are now almost one. I know. And you made me readjust the way I approach posting pictures of them. Yeah. That's that's very honest and, and fair of you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I, uh, Where do you get that? Who told you about that? Was it just something that... Look, it's something that, you know, uh, look, my father was always against me putting my kids to begin with, right? And, and then I used to see people that would po- post their kids in a very... N- it was it, it was not genuine and I would see how it was... It, you know, it was set up and stuff, and I, I would always cringe. I didn't like it. Um, and then I, I remembered, I read somewhere once that once you put something on the internet, it's there forever. And what if you're, you know, what if in the future you look back and you say you wish that never was never there? So I just, yeah, I just felt that I had to ask them because I knew that I was in this for the long time, for the, you know, and I wanted for the long run. I wanted to do this, and I wanted them to be part of my journey because. You know, I'm taking everything aside. They are part of my life, yes. But again, they do get a lot of benefits from this. You know what I mean? We get the staycations. We, you know, we travel. We went to the Maldives. They went to Euro Disney. All of these things. So it is something, alhamdulillah, that's a blessing. You know, people look at it. Oh, why are you putting your kids? No, we're also enjoying it, you guys. It's it's nice, alhamdulillah. It's, uh, there is a return. There's a return, for sure. I remember the last time I looked at the questions. <laughs> time to go back to this. Two hours who? <laughs> right. We ain't going home tonight. <laughs> I don't know if this came up, but I'm going to put it in there anyway. Okay. Uh, and we'll see how it does. Were you ever concerned with societal and family expectations of who Inji needs to be 
mm. or who we want NG to be? Zero. 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 And we spend so much time worrying about what people think about us. And then when we get a little older, and I said this many times and I'll say it again, we realized that no one was thinking about us anyway. Exactly. Why were we first so selfish thinking everything? Everything like when someone doesn't say hi to you, you think, oh my God, what did I do? I don't know what. Then you find out a year later that that person was going through such a rough day and didn't even see you. So don't take don't take anything personal. Um, my life coach said, you don't know what you don't know. You don't know what you don't know. So you walk and you, you know, really, I don't have the full information. I don't have the whole story with me. I can't control what it is. I don't know. And I'm not going to think. I'm not going to think of it. And that's, that's the new NG. I'll open up about me being extra sensitive and me being affected by... What's your star sign, sorry? Libra. I was about to okay. ask you what yours is. Sagittarius. The best. Is that April? <laughs> she didn't think so. <laughs> Not December. December. You didn't think Sagittarius was the best? <laughs> no. <laughs> I made you the best. <laughs> you did. I did. <laughs> Super sensitive. Uh, mm. Birthday's coming out, by the way. 40, all of a sudden. Oh. In, it's too soon. I'm not ready for this milestone. What Friendly. Is today? Friendly. It's a good one. September 25th in 10 days on the 4th of October. <laughs> so I remember so much. The first one to wish me that. Um, very sensitive. Very, very sensitive for the majority of my life. I don't know who it was, but one of these gurus, gurus who I follow said, in general, not to me, Next time it's like the guru that followed and messaged you, (laughs) slipped into your DM. Yeah. (laughs) I want to chill with you more. Um, He said, next time you go into a room, walk into that room thinking that everyone loves you. Do that. As opposed to how I normally go into a room thinking, what do I, what do you do? I do that. Everyone loves me? Yeah. All your life you've been doing this? Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah, but then it's the biggest shock of your life when you find out they don't. But how about if you go in there with everyone loves me and also zero expectations? Yeah, again, also zero expectations, but but then it becomes so hurtful when you find out that person doesn't love you and you're like, but why? I, I didn't expect anything from you and I thought you loved me. So, so it's, I think it's... What about someone... What about the way someone treats you tells you more about them than it does about you? Yes, that's what actually Najwa always says to me. These keyboard warriors. Yeah. You think it's you that's the no, problem? No, true. And, you know, it could be the closest people in your life, people that you love the most that could also do the same. Yeah. Yes, again, again, you know, all these things are things that I'm telling you. It's, it's funny we're doing this podcast at this point in my life because if we have done this a year ago, you would have seen a diff- very different version of Angie. Um, much more broken, much more, um, much more scared, much more scared, much more, you know, it's, it's, I've really worked on myself really to, to be able to, you know, you were saying you're very sensitive and I'm a very sensitive person and I always hated being so sensitive, but then I realized that me being sensitive means I will be sensitive. I will be, I will empathize with people much more. I will make sure that because I know what hurts, I will make sure I don't hurt you. So then I, bec- I, I said to myself, I don't want to change. Yes, I'm sensitive. I will tell you, hi, my name is Angie, and I'm very sensitive. So please be care. Please take care of my heart or take care of my feelings. But I will do the same for you. So why should I change such a beautiful thing that I know that everyone that's around me is not going to be hurt by me? 
So let's, you know, hooray sensitivity, be sensitive. One of the questions that I have uh, was, what does the world need more of? Uh, empathy, for sure. Slash sensitivity. Yeah. You know, be a yeah. bit more sensitive. Yes, vulnerable, of being, being vulnerable. Like for the longest time, everyone, you know, would say, you're so, we love how vulnerable you are. How, how, how could you? And then I was like, wait, why do people make it seem like it's a bad thing? And I was like, being vulnerable is, is freaking like, is strong. That's strength. It's not a weakness. And people look at it as a weakness. And for me, if I am strong enough to sit, down, sit here today in front of God knows how many people and say, hello, these are my weaknesses, then that's, that's something that I see as a strength. And unfortunately, a lot of humans don't see that. And that's what scares me in, in the human race in general, like the way we look at things and mix things up between what's good and what's bad and what's right and what's wrong. Does that make sense? Beyond. Okay. Because less people take the harder route. Yes. And therefore, there are less real people than there are fake people. Sure. Less less real. I wish we had more real. It's harder to uh, to be vulnerable. So let's just not. Let's be fake and pretend to be all that. Yes. But on the surface, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and 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 you know when you do give yourself an opportunity to to be honest and vulnerable and open up and all that. Again, we go back to weight off your shoulders. Yeah. It, it it really feels like why was I carrying that, you know, suitcase on my back with unnecessary fifty pound dumbbells and just taking it off? You're like, wow, it feels. When you be yourself, you realize how tiring it was to not, to not be yourself. Hundred percent. Thirteen years in corporate, I wasn't myself. Sorry if I keep making it about me. No, I'm in. I'm we, in a therapy session. Yes, I love that, and I'm the best therapist you'll ever. <laughs> There's something there. You can be now along with MC actress. <laughs> therapist. I mean, my friends. My friends call me Oprah. So, <laughs> so please, yes. Yeah, so you stop. So, but what was it for you? What was the turning point for you? Like, when did you come to a realization? I'm done because it's 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 a big risk you're taking, especially as a man who was a provider, and you know what I mean. It's like, very good. Question. I'm going to leave now, and I'm going to do something that's a multitude it, of things. Yeah, but it's 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 it, you don't have the security of having a corporate job, right? Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. It was Khaled Al Amri who said, when you leave your corporate job, that's not when it hits you. It hits you when you don't get your first paycheck. Yeah. Which I'm coming up to in five days. <laughs> Like that's when it hits you. Is the word exactly? Yeah, yeah. Um, I knew that I just needed another ten percent courage to leave. Uh, I knew that the podcast was my destiny, and doing it for three years, ninety plus episodes, being fortunate enough to being backed up by brands, yeah, um, the people who have gotten on the show, sitting here with you today. There were so many validations that I've seen along the way. And the fact that it was my passion, when the people in corporate that I've been around for 13 years told me that we don't know that person on camera, but my God, are you happy there? Oh, I got like, goosebumps. That's, that's, yeah. Yeah. But the the bucket tipper or the thing that pushed me over the edge was getting a call from the Ministry of Media in Saudi Arabia saying, can you accompany us to the G20 as part of the Crown Prince's media delegation and I was like I, oh my so I called my uncle and I'm like I think it's time that I focus on this because I don't want to do our family business any injustice and the moment I can't give it my hundred I'm going to tell you and that day is here and I went to Delhi for a week 
And that was like the ultimate validation. Wow, of course. To represent Saudi. Oh my God. Told, yeah, I mean, the, you don't need anything else. That's like, it. Like whatever. That's podcast. worth, that's worth. Exactly. That's worth years of pain. Exactly. Uh, absolutely. Sure. Yeah. Ab- absolutely. Like it was no longer about the podcast. Yeah. And just to be seen and heard, like, wow, Ministry of Media, see and hear me. Yeah. And and now they're Want calling me, to me represent? representative role. Ah, Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, that's. So that's when I knew that it was time. Yeah. I'm so proud of you. Why are you asking me questions? I'm so proud of you. <laughs> Thank you, NG. Thank you. It means so much. So much. So much. All right. Back to my notes. Yes. Your notes. How does your body react to the words comfort zone? What relationship do you have with comfort zone? Is it negative? Is it positive? Uh, it's a, what's the word? I wish I, I wish I, I wish I could work in my comfort zone. Sometimes I just think, remember how I said I want peace of mind, but I always find myself doing things outside my comfort zone. Um, but it depends. You know, I, I challenge my my brain so much so so my for example physically i do work in my comfort zone so you know i i wanted to explore yoga and whatnot and i just realized i can't do it so i didn't i don't trust my body physicality but my brain i'm always working outside my comfort zone which is quite tiring at times and sometimes i just wish why can't i just stick to this and just like i'm fine here and i always find myself so it's something that i would like to explore at some point just, just so I don't age so, so quickly. Um, but yeah, that's that's my relationship really with comfort zone. You're constantly out of it? I'm constantly out of it and I like it. And I actually, when I see people that are always in their comfort zone, it's a bit of a turnoff for me. You know, I think it's unattractive and I think it's, uh, I think it's boring. So I like it. You know, I think, I think there should be a balance in life, which I haven't mastered yet, but I think there should be a balance in life where people can know and when and how to step out of their comfort zone and just come back for security and, and stability and then go back and then come back in, you know? And so I'm hoping well, next year, you know, year by year I'm evolving. So next year I'll be like, yeah, I found my comfort zone, but I'm exploring, you know, just. I've never heard anyone put it that way. I think it's 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 really well answered to say that you need a bit of both in your life. Yeah. You can't be fully uncomfortable. You can't be fully comfortable. It's detrimental. Yeah. But to have a bit of both and when you're comfortable, really enjoy that comfort. Yeah. Because soon you're going to put yourself in a position where you're not. And that's also going to be good yeah. for you. Yes, exactly. So exactly. well, well, well put. Thank actually. you. Thank you. Yeah. Actually, no, funny enough. So in, in the industry I work in, so let's say there are months where you're working so much, traveling so much, and there are months where you have nothing, zero, nothing's there. And initially when it used to happen, these months when I don't have anything, I'll be like, panic and oh my god I don't have you know this is not happening I'm failing whatever 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 and then Najwa manager would say okay wait wait Allah you, you wait and see you're gonna come and you're, you won't be able to breathe and then it comes and then I realize so now when I have these months where I have no work I realize it's a pattern it's a cycle and I really learn to enjoy so this summer I really for the first time I really enjoyed my time off fully and you know, every part of me enjoyed it because I knew that I'm going to come back to a full cycle of, you know, 
working nonstop, which I also love, you know. So I, I'm able, I was able to live both, and it's nice to just see how your life is and understand it, the ups and downs of it. When you're on vacation, how long, how long did you go for? This time, I went for a very long time. I went from July 7th to, to September. Yeah, like, yeah, August 29th, August 30th, September 1st. A month and a half. Yeah. Plus, yeah. So good. So when you're gone for these six, seven weeks, yeah. do you take calls? Are you in touch with the work life? Yes, of course, I am. I mean, I mean yeah, I, mean, I, 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 was, I knew I was filming. I was filming something. I did attend a few events that I had to attend as part of my work, for sure. Definitely. I can't not. I can't not. Pile up. Yeah. yeah. And I can't not, I can't not also, from my confidence and my ego, going two months without feeling that I'm needed in, for a job does affect me also. So it was important for me, you know, to have those emails come, to have people tell me, okay, you're needed this. And we had things piled up. So I, 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 I finished. So my last, my last destination was Egypt. Then I went to Cairo, to the North Coast, and I went to Cairo where I filmed my series. And while I was filming my series, I knew that I'm going to come back. And immediately I arrived the next day. I had shoot after shoot after shoot, you know, which I loved so much. Are there days off when you're shooting or every, every day? Uh, no, I mean, I mean, this time, because it's a short series, it was like a seven days. We did have a day, but it was like half a day because we... We went, we get back home at 9 a.m. So you have that day off. So there's one day off. Once. It's insane. It's like the ultimate bender. Yeah, but uh, it's so nice. So nice. I love it. You know, if you don't react to it the way you're reacting to it, it's not for you. Yeah, because why? I mean, this is, I don't think, I don't think there's any actor that doesn't love his job, his or her job. I don't think so. Because this is a, it's a, it's, it's, it's like a hobby. It's a hobby that you end up materializing. You know what I mean? It's not so, I've never heard an actor say, I don't like what I do. I've heard a banker, I've heard a, you know, but I've never heard an actor say, I don't like what they do, what I do. With all its ups and downs, there is, it's therapy at the end of the day for everybody. And it's uh, really, actually really, every time I'm on set with people, they all say, we love what we do, despite whatever. You know, I've only had one advice once that was not negative, kind of negative, just someone regretting the time she started because it took her away from her kids. And I remember she told me, she said, your kids are at an age. That was two years ago. She's like, you know, when you cross the road, so your kids want to hold your hand. So when you're crossing the road, they're going to hold your hand. But the minute you get to the other side, they're going to leave you and run away. And she's like, your, your kids are at an age where you're crossing that road. And if you decide to take acting, you're going to be gone for a while. So don't wait a bit. You already started too late. I already started too late. So that's when I took a step back and realized, okay, I, so I said no to so many big roles that could have, could have been breakout roles, could have been life-changing, career-changing, but I had to prioritize my kids. But now, when I came back from Egypt and I saw that they don't really need me as much, I mean, they're fine, Hullis, everything, I put everything in, you know, everything is, it's like a, it's like a, it's a, it's a wheel. And I was like, you know what, you're good, I'm going to go for a bit. You can now break out. I'll go. You know. So I, I reacted to, to what you said, and I'll have this thing where I promise myself I will never interrupt someone speaking. No, it's okay. Interrupt, just, interrupt. I, it's, it's, just, it's bad for business. You've got to let them speak until they're done. Yeah. I learn from the best, and that's how the best do it. Um, okay, I'm done. When you... <laughs> she said there is. She's been filming the whole time. I love it. Um, send us the video when you're done. Um, 
when you said that, and of course, like, you know, a mother of what she going to choose her kids over. Yeah. And, and I'm sure there were some big roles with maybe actors you you only dreamt of working with, directors who you only heard of. And, and to say no to that because my kids need me, it just tells me that, like, you know, there's still so much that's okay with the world because mothers are still going to be mothers and they'll put their family ahead of career. Always. Always. Yes, for sure. But not anymore. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just joking. No. Of course, now. always. They're, yeah, 11 now. You know, I came back. I was so happy to see them and they were, hi, mom, playing PlayStation. They're fine. You've done the work. I've done the work. You've done the work. Yeah. A and decade I, of motherhood. Yeah, alhamdulillah. And honestly, like really this summer, it was such great bonding time. And I, and, and I, whenever people say, how do you do it? Honestly, when it's quality over quantity any day, any time. And really, I do spend proper, proper, proper time with them. We're very close. And, you know, actually one time, it's funny. One time there was this very big thing that was, you know, that, that got offered to me. Um, and I always pick the kids up from school, so I'm on the phone. And then suddenly that thing was taken away from me. And I started, I couldn't help myself. I was crying so much. And I was talking to Najwa. I'm often, Najwa was like, in my life all the time so and and you know and Kareem was like mama why are you crying I was like remember that thing I told you about because I told them when I got it because I was so excited I'm like I didn't get it and they're like why like they gave it to somebody else who did they give it to I'm like this other actress but why did they give it to her? I'm like because she's a much bigger actress mama why aren't you big because I don't act enough you know so anyway the conversation kept going and then they realized that I'm not traveling to work because I want to be with them and then they looked at me both of them and said mom go we're gonna be fine you know, we have an amazing nanny. Daddy is here. We have our friends. We have our life. You going and working is for the benefit of our whole family and for you. And now whenever I tell them I get a role, even if it's long, mommy, go. You have our support. We're going to Zoom with you all the time. For 10 and 11-year-old to tell you, go, leave us. and Because they see how badly, you know, yeah. my kid had, um, he had to write an essay. I had a whole full-on project about he had to find somebody from his culture throughout history that he looked up to. Guess who he wrote about? Yeah. Me. That was... You can't uh, buy that, by the way. That, yeah, no you one... Can't you know, and, he, and a part of it was like she had a dream and she worked so hard. Work, and he always says mom was a very hard worker. Worked so hard to make her dream come true. It's not, not true yet. It's in the making. Yeah. But, but just to get that kind of support and acknowledgement and you, mom, instead of do you instead of us yeah that i mean nothing else matters yeah. honestly getting the role doesn't matter anymore exactly I'm, it's a oh, cherry on top actually maybe it's reverse psychology they did that to me so i could be like no <laughs> wait and i think about it out loud. These it's kids all are coming so out smart. yeah <laughs> manipulators well bless them Wallah. you gave me goosebumps now mm. by the way the the mother son you have two sons um I'm sure it made you the person you you are today. You learned so much about you, just how much they you know, just how much they have learned from you. Yeah, they taught you stuff about you as well. Very much so. Yes. And and having boys just, just it suits your character. It suits your personality. Um, and and I'm I'm sure they've they've made you grow. Yes, of course, of course they. Uh, I mean, you know, so I have two boys, and each one's a completely different character. One of them is very similar to me. One of them is complete opposite of me. And, and I I realized I know how to deal with people that are very similar in terms of 
uh, reactions. Like, I don't understand reactions that are blown out of proportion. I don't understand reactions that are not, that don't have empathy or sympathy or, so I, and I have a very bad thing, a very bad thing in my character is if, if you don't react when you're sad in a way that I, if you don't cry or ask me for a hug, if you become mean and angry and walk away, I don't understand that you're sad. I understand that you're just being mean and I will walk away as well. But seeing my little boy, I see how he deals with his sadness, how he deals with emotions made me realize, wait, I need to like put a bit more effort to see. And when I did, I realized Habibi, you know, he's, this is how he deal. This is a defense mechanism. And it taught me how to deal with that. And then it taught me how to see this in other people and be able to have more relationships with people that are not very similar minded. Does that make sense? Perfect. Yeah. No, it's. Yeah. Just mother, son, mother, daughter, anything mother touches me. I mean, I've I've had a first row seat to my wife and the kids and, 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 and just to put everything aside and do something for someone else is the best example of that when you see what a mother does for her children. Yeah. But you know, I don't think it's I don't think it's something that we think of. You know, I think it's it's instinct. It's instinct. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's khalas. it's and you know, how people say uh, no But but I'm sorry, no, Angie. There are some mothers out there who left. Yeah, where are they? <laughs> in hell. If I want to put that part in. So not all mothers. Yeah. Some mothers chose themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think so, Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah, yeah. to know that this is not, I, but I just, all I know is that they are not, you know, they will not forever be my children. They are children of the world and I have no expectations. I know at one point, and I always tell them, tell me when I should not hug you anymore. Like, I just need to understand. So like I went to basketball and I went, I saw him with his friends and he looked so like grown up, but I'm like, hey, what's up? And he's like, please don't do that. I'm like, oh, okay, okay, bro. And I did that. He's like, please don't do that. I'm like, what do I do? He's like, mom, just hug me. You're my mother. Just hug me. I'm like, oh, I didn't know I could hug you. I'll hug you. I want to hug you. I wanted to do that. I wanted to do that. You know, so, but I was telling him, tell me when I shouldn't anymore. Tell me when I, you know, I know at some point you're not going to want to answer my calls. I know you're, I know, you know, like I'm put in your life for a reason. I'll always take care of you. But I understand that at some point they would want to just be their own human. It's very aware of you because... You haven't forgotten your childhood. No. And and may we never forget our childhood. Because the moment we do, then yeah. we're not being fair to them. We are, yeah, we are who we are because of our childhood. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Um a subject that's very close to my heart. Like it boils my blood. Bullying. And you're working on an anti bullying campaign. And I love that. And how can I join? Oh. Uh, you want to join for sure. No, no, I mean anything anti bullying, like I, I, I cannot tolerate. When my son told me that there was uh, a kid in school that, that 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 hit him on the head when they were, I was like, name. Name, now. number, location. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, well, yeah. I hate bullies. Um, I also hate it because I watched it in school and I didn't do anything. So I kind of like want to, you know. Make it up. Make it up to, to some degree to to reduce it. Uh, what's this anti-bullying campaign that you work? So, I don't know if you know. I, I spoke about it with Anas. I I got bullied very badly throughout school, and I you know, and it was it was the, basically the you know they say from grade you know seven, eight, nine. That's like the 
best time and that's when a you know girl feels like she's a you know grown up and whatever and that was the time where I got bullied so badly it was a very tough time um so I halas I I've taken it upon myself that I I don't want to see it happen because I realized I mean I don't mean I didn't realize it did not add anything to me it didn't make me stronger it didn't make me more confident it didn't it didn't it didn't yes I do have thick skin but I don't know if it's because of bullying it's because of a it, it's because of other things but I so I and I'm so scared for my children I'm so scared for my children to be bullied and I make it a point every morning when I'm dropping them to school please let me know if anybody was unkind to you on purpose because obviously being mean one time not bullying it's bullying it's like you know it's it's consistent it's you know um and I said when you let me know I promise I will not take any action I'll be a consultant if you want me to interfere I will and I they have told me about certain scenarios where it happened and they told me we don't want you to interfere and I did it I did it when they wanted me I did so um a few years ago I got like this PR kit from Cartoon Network and they have a campaign uh, be a buddy not a bully it was so cool and the kids and I really enjoyed it and the kids took all of the PR kits and they presented in front of their school and it was and it really resonated with us at home because we always talk about bullies like my kids my kids stand up to bullies um my little one might be but no <laughs> no so um, <laughs> it's funny though <laughs> why are the first why are the firstborn slightly more reserved because they're like their moms apparently yeah. by the way <laughs> that, yeah Nezwa told Nezwa <laughs> everyone's like who's Nezwa Nezwa <laughs> follow Nezwa on Instagram <laughs> don't you worry about Nezwa and the second ones are the more spontaneous uh, little G yeah. and the nuts uh, yes yes know. very much so very much so you're also less cradled the second one yeah actually the first one you're like you know don't, no one touch it's so yeah. funny that my little one because I because I got pregnant six months after I had Kareem right so it was still like what you know what am I doing anyway so when I had Yusuf I was still so much in love with Kareem that I felt I was cheating on Kareem with Yusuf so at some point Yusuf started sucking his thumb and tapping his head so he can put himself to sleep. No way. That's brilliant. When I saw that, I'm so sorry. So I tell him now, I said, baby, you used to suck your thumb and tap your head just to put yourself to sleep because I wasn't giving you enough attention. So when I saw that, I'm like, this boy demanded my attention. Like I saw that he needed me and I, we got so close. Mm. But yeah, back to bullying. So Cartoon Network. So I became uh, their um, official spokesperson, like their um, a buddy. So it's uh, like, the amb- like an ambassador for the campaign. And um, I, you know, so I, I filmed a few. So I, I go to schools. I talk about bullying. We go with psych- with with psychologists and therapists, and you know, talking about why people. Because also, it's not you. You don't only want to take care of people that are being bullied. You want to understand the people that are bullying. You want to understand why are the kids that are being bullied not talking about bullying. You know, once you once you're able to point that out, you can also have these conversations with your kids. Um, and then I, I also talk on uh, on Cartoon Network itself. They have a video of me that I come out and I talk about bullying. And I remember once I was at a party and then this woman comes up to me and says, are you NGQ1? You work with Cartoon Network. It's like my son, you know, gets bullied in school and he saw your video. We were at, we were at, he was watching it at home and he's like, you, you, you know, he was so happy to see someone that's talking about it. And he started telling his friends and he comes back home and watches that video every day. And that made me, it was one person, one person that's like, one person has told me. Yeah. And it made me feel so good, you know, and um, 
And it's something that I really want to do more of. I don't do enough of. I mean, my dad's always on my case. Angie, you're not talking about bullying enough on your page. You're not, you know, but hopefully now I'm in the process of mm. doing something that I could sort of roll out just to, to talk about. Actually, something else once was talking about bullying. I got bullied also once for, you know, on, on, on social media a few. And I just came on and I just spoke about bullying in general. And um, this woman reached out to me and told me about her daughter. And I was like, you know what? Why don't you bring your daughter and come over? Didn't know them, right? Came over to my house. They reached out to you on, on social on media. On social media. Yeah. And her daughter, so beautiful, beautiful girl, like 15, 16. Beautiful voice. You know, she sings. And she told me how she's, unfortunately now, you know, when we were younger, we would get, let's say, get bullied in school. 2.30, we're home. The bullying stops, right? Now it carries on to social media, WhatsApp groups. And so it just doesn't stop. It's like a 360 all over. So that girl, you know, she was crying, telling me her story. And it was very intense. And it showed me the WhatsApp groups and whatever. And so I did a video with her. And I made her sing. And I posted it on my Instagram. And then her friends saw it. And then suddenly they thought, now she's cool. And I always say it could be the simplest things. You know, I got out of bullying when I bought new shoes, Dr. Martens, that made me feel cool, you know, and that I became cool. You know, it could be the simplest things that if you just put more effort thinking with your with your kids, it could be as simple as buying your son limited edition, you know, just something that would make him feel, I don't mean to say materialistic, I'm not, you know what I mean? But unfortunately, it's, a spark, a spark. it's just a spark. Yeah, that will. Just to make them feel that, because obviously when you're bullied in school, when you're young, you feel uncool. So I'm going to make you feel cool. So how can we make you feel cool? Yeah. What is it that we're going to do? Being house captain, being wearing the latest kicks, being um, speaking, whatever it is, we're going to make you feel cool and not uncool. Brings a bit of truth to the fake it till you make it. Exactly. Yes. And I'm all about that. No, just joking. <laughs> I'm so real, but fake it till you make it. No. <laughs> Don't laugh because I can't laugh. Well, yeah, we won't. No, we'll. We'll keep us keep pouting. Yeah, pouting. Um, elevate uh, a word very close to your heart. You have it tatted on your arm. I saw. Yes. Uh, what's your relationship with that word, and why specifically that? Elevate. So I remember. I don't know. Was it Drake? <laughs> I remember Drake concert. I, I don't remember. No, I it was it was some I read or heard him say or a song. I remember. I just elevate. Yeah. Elevate <laughs> that yeah, one. I'm a big fan. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I was like, play it Oh yeah, and I, like it sounds so good, and I was. No, I was singing to it, and I was like, elevate, elevate. I'm like, like you know what? Elevate, you know? In, in my mind, I always I always thought evolve, evolve, evolve. And then I was like, wait a second, elevate. I always wanted to be elevated. I wanted, I wanted to have friends that elevated me. I wanted to elevate my friends. I wanted to uh, be in, you know, come out of such situations feeling elevated. Um, you know, and I just felt it was something that really resonated. I don't know why, it just, it just hit the spot. And then I started the show called Elevate with NG, which, you know, some of us are blessed to have a following on social media that if we want to put something out there, you know, it will be heard. Some people have done amazing things in life and they didn't they don't have they don't have the platform to showcase or just to 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 send that message across. And I had a friend of mine who is a mom, you know, she's a she's a mom of one of my kids' friends, and her story was unbelievable. She, like, I'll make it very short. She, you know, she, she, um, uh, oh my God, what's the word? Adopted. She adopted, adopted a child. And anyway, the child, Alayr Hama, passed away, like, a few weeks later. 
long story short, she found out there was something missing in Pakistan where, you know, when we, we know when your kids are born, we have a heel prick test. Yeah. And that's mandatory in most all countries, really, you know, third, third countries, you know, but it's, but in Pakistan, they could not afford getting that machine. So a lot of kids were not tested and that could be, so she died because she was drinking milk that killed her. She could have simply just had, if she had done that, he would prick test. She would have known that lactose would kill her. So they, she would just have had lactose free milk. Is it an allergy it's an, issue? It's, it's an, it's a, yeah, it's an allergy issue that killed her. So, so it, so anyway, so what she did with her story is, of course, after all the pain she's been through, she was actually able to start a foundation where she went to Denmark and she got these half half a million dollar machines and put them in Pakistan and in the span of a year. I mean, probably my numbers are off, but around 75,000 kids were tested. And for me, that was an incredible story that I wanted people to know about. And I wanted people to know about the foundation. So for me, this was someone that was had a traumatic experience and she elevated herself and elevated a whole nation where she elevated other families you know that had there were she told me stories about other families how you know they were having kids and the kids were dying non-stop non-stop then they found out that there was something wrong that they could not this this couple together could not have babies together because they're always going to die so let's just stop having babies or leave each other Mm. so you know this is one story and I had so many women come on come on the show um that had a story where it was sort of a rough, you know, a tough, tough um, situation that they elevated themselves and gave back to the world or just got better themselves. And I, you know. I got to go back to the lady. Uh, yeah. Half a million dollars. That was a, a charitable action. It was yes. A donation. Yes. See, that that's the kind of stuff that takes you straight to heaven. I know. Because whether you, whether she's around today or next year or not, you know that that machine is still it's jaria. It's working yeah. on on your behalf for however many years it's going to work. 100%. And look how many lives she touched. And from that seventy five thousand, how many lives were saved from that? Even if it's one percent, that's seven thousand five hundred. Yes, I know. That's seven fifty. Oops. Yeah, but I don't know. Like, but no, no. But there's a lot. Like it, it could even be more. By the way, because now it's been that. That was I did this interview. I don't know how many years ago, and you know, so every year, every year, and. And she's getting more machines. And she, it's called a ZB Foundation, and she's done so much. It's unbelievable, you know. And and so and it's something that I, also, I grew up with. I mean, my father is really a philanthropist, and you know, he like in Africa, he has you know, he builds he builds wells and mosques and whatever. So I grew up always having that in my mind. Like once I even had a dream, right? Shut up! But in my dream, I dreamt that he was passing away, and then he gave me like this white flag, and he said, "I don't have a son." And I always felt that I wanted to do that. And when I first started becoming an MC, it was really for me to be able to work with United Nations and UNICEF and whatnot. And I remember when I used to work at Reuters, I swear to God, every day I sent an email to the UN. I went to volunteer. I went to volunteer. You know, I just didn't get anywhere. But once I became someone that had a voice, I was able to work with them. I was able to go to camps. I was able to, you know... You've done all that. I've done all that. And I, you know, I used to host, you know, the, you know, um, autism, you know, galas for autism. I worked with Global Gift Gala. I visited the Global Casa. Um, so I've done a lot of these things. And ultimately, this is something that all of us want. You know, it's it's very selfish. It's not something selfless. You know, you do it. But at the end of the day, it's for you to feel good about yourself. When I go to bed at night and knowing that I did something good, it feels beautiful but i'll take that in return for you doing something good for humanity 100 percent, you know and 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 that's why elevate with ng 
that's why her story was why I started this show. I mean, it didn't finish the show because it just was hard for me to do all that together. Um, but I have so much admiration for this woman, really, um, mm. that I felt like I need to be able to just show, you know, show her story. And a lot of people watched that episode. A lot of people, you know, actually wanted to be part of whatever she was Ama- Amazing initiative. Um, does Inji have any secrets? Uh, pass. No. Does Inji have any secrets? Secrets of Inji. We'll be right back after these messages. <laughs> I mean, I mean, obviously, I have secrets, Mo, but I'm not going to tell you. But I'm going to tell you the secret that I can tell you. So no one's listening. <laughs> so no, I don't really have secrets, actually. Unfortunately, Anna Mofugu, like I, I really just say everything to everybody. I don't really have secrets because I just don't like to hide. Because I told you, it's part of being real. This is who I am. I'm not going to hide anything. Um, open book. Really an open book. <laughs> a lot of people around me struggle. They say, stop saying so much about your life. Just keep quiet. You can't help being yourself. I can't. I can't. And I want to. And I always feel like maybe someone, especially if someone tells me something about themselves, and if, if I feel at any point they feel judged by me, I have to fire back something that would make me look like a complete loser. Like, don't worry, I ain't going to judge you because I've done this, you know. And I go back home, I'm like, but her story wasn't even as intense as mine. Why did I have to get something? Now she has information. <laughs> she has information against me. <laughs> but alhamdulillah, I always say that. But I think God really sees that I'm really nice. So like he really doesn't want to put me in trouble. So I'm protected by by his power. Are you more like your father or mother? Where do you get it from? Uh, I think that's the talking so much. The, Nobody. No, no, not the talking so much. Oh. The, 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 the good hearted person that you are, your characteristics, your traits. Are you compared more to, to which parent? I mean, did you... Um, I think both really. They both, they both, you know, they, they, like my, they, they both obviously, they, you know, takes two. I mean, they both have, I come from a family that was always, there's always good hearts there. But, you know, I have my dad who was much more social. My mom's less social. I have, um, I have, you know, I have traits from my mom, but I really both. I don't, you know, I never really get, um, you're more like your mom or more like, you know, your mom, when my mom's angry at me, you're more like, your, you're like your dad. When my dad's my, you know, it's just, I have, bit of both of them what is something you'll never tolerate like what is something zulm. I don't know what zulm is in English zulm is um, false accusations isn't it no I think zulm is like whenever I see someone who has authority and is using it you know in, in the wrong in the wrong way to someone that doesn't have malush power that kills me and a zulm zulm for me is something that I cannot and will not tolerate and what I love unfairness 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 and what I love what I love is that my children are the same and it was something that was never said or discussed it's not something we talk about but I see it every day and I think to myself wow how do they but I I don't know how I don't know if it's genetics or I don't know if they just see how we are every day but yes unfairness is something that I and that there's a lot of unfairness in the world you bet disaster 
or put you in a good mood instantly? Everything, really. I'm a very happy person. Come on. Well, not everything. Really, I, and I, I can be put in a good mood very easily. Good calm. You know, I have people I love. I mean, obviously, words of praise. Oh, my God. You know, my kids, when they're smiling, you know, and they because they don't really smile a lot now, you know, because they're always busy with their friends. So when they're actually, when I see them actually smiling, puts me in a good mood. Um, having good conversation with my husband, you know, making a nice meal. And, you know, so I really, um, I don't know if, you know, if, you, if I said that before, but I, when I was 30, when I was 30, 31, that whole, you know, really weird time in my life, I was, I was, I remember I was sitting by myself and I was blaming everybody around me for my unhappiness, blaming every single human in my life or within my vicinity for my unhappiness. And I had like a light bulb aha moment that said, you are, you know, which is now, now we know, but that was eight years ago. We didn't, you know, mental health and all of that wasn't really such a big deal. Um, and it was like, you're, you're the only person responsible for your happiness. And at that point, I made a vow to myself that I will make sure I am happy. And I will, and happy is not, I got, you know, we're, again, the whole destination thing. Happiness is the small little moments that you experience and collect throughout the day. And, you know, if, if there's two or three or four, whatever, the more you can make these moments, the more happier you are. So I'm always striving for that. I'm always making sure. And that's why I'm always so busy because I'm always... You know, gym makes me happy. I'm going to go, puts me good mood. Walking on the beach, seeing my friends, you know, spending time with my kids, dropping off, picking up. Even my husband told me the other day, he's like, let's get a driver to drop and pick up the kids so you don't have to, because I'm, you know, you're always running around. I said, but these moments are so happy. You know, I love being in the car with them. We bond the most. We sing, we practice gratitude. So I've just learned to like, how wish, like I'm saving, like I have a big thing. Happy moment, happy moment, happy moment. So I'm really always in a good mood. If you ask anyone around me, it's I'm only in a bad mood if I'm sad, like if something happened. But I, you'll never find me grumpy for no reason, ever, ever in your entire life, ever, ever, uh. ever. <laughs> right? <laughs> I swear, never, never grumpy unless something hurt me. Like this. it makes me sad. Have you gotten happier with age? Yes. Because if you aren't, there's a problem. There's. Yeah. There's something wrong. Yeah. No, no, no. You need to be able to figure it out. Yeah. No, no, no. Definitely. Happy about my skin, though. Not very much. No. But yeah. But no, I definitely am happier with who I am, and the way I'm thinking, the, the life I've built for myself. Works hard for all of that. Shit doesn't come easy. Mm. Not hard enough yet, though. It's good. Always something to keep chasing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what's the word? Not content, but... Yeah, I just want to master that one. I just want to. This is, you know. Complacent. Yeah. Yeah. Not complacent. Not complacent. Ever. Yes. Yes. So you said two things today that I want to write. We need to write them down. <laughs> Forever hungry. Yeah. I always just tell my husband, I'm like, I want to eat life. I want to eat life. And then I got scared of myself. I'm like, I'm a little monster and just <laughs> going around eating life. But you know what? It's. It's my drive, and I do want to eat life. I'll drop one on you. It's complicated, and let me see if I can recite it. Never um, bring out paper and paper. Naval, Naval said, and, and he's a very high-level thinker, and his thoughts and his words helped me start the podcast. Like I, I, I heard his words, and I, I, and I started this, believe it or not. like He said, happiness is peace at rest. Peace is happiness in motion. Wait, wait, say that again. Happiness. Exactly, right? 
and he said this on the Rogan episode that I watch every six months because it changes my life every six months. Peace is happiness at rest. You're resting, you're peaceful. Happiness is peace when you're on the move. Peace is emotion. Peace is happiness. It's a very complicated little yeah, sentence you need, that you need a moment to like you need a moment to dissect yeah and i didn't get it for the first couple of times and then but as i, I age i'm like yeah yeah because you're that much quicker <laughs> than i am uh that when it resonates with you you're like yeah of course and then he went on to say that if you are a happy person anything you do will be a pleasurable and happy experience sure exactly because you'll 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 see the good in in, yeah. in anything you're doing whether it's fishing or taking your kid 100%. out for a walk or or whatever just exactly what i just told you you know, yeah, yeah. You always remember, I'm entire, but how was happy moment? And I love that everything you mentioned was all unmaterialistic, intangibles. It's basically things that you cannot buy. Yeah. The more I age, the more I realize that the best things in life are free. Yes. Go on then, tell me. No, I don't think they're free really because I, I mean, free, 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 free money. That's different for if you mean free from being, you know, if, if if you're talking about money, but nothing, no, they're not free because you have to, you have to give to take, you have to put effort, okay. you know, whether it's a successful marriage, whether it's a successful mother and child relationship, whether it's, um, whether it's, uh, you know, and uh, you know, looking fit or whether it's cooking a nice meal, whatever it is, all these things you have to. You know, you're going to put effort. And I think that's also a beautiful thing because then it becomes, you feel like it's free things also don't, you don't, you don't appreciate them. You take them for granted. So when you put the effort in things and they're good, you feel like you've earned them and they just have a different feeling altogether. I, that's I, the way I, I look at it. I see what you mean. And, and, and I think we're both right. Yes. Because where my mind went, for example, was hugging my son. Yeah. Okay. That, that's when I realized that when you hug someone, it does release some chemical whatever in your body whether it's it's dopamine or endorphins I, I i feel it okay but what if the person you're hugging your son some people don't have a good relationship with their son and when they're hugging their son their son is like and you feel you feel like there's something obviously because you have a healthy relationship with your son but then it's circumstantial yes exactly so that's why for me i just look at it in general that i always i always have to feel that i've earned which also is not right because I always feel like I deserve, if I don't get it, that means I deserve bad, you know, I deserve I hear you thing. on that. But, but laughter, we, we've laughed a few times in this episode and, and that was free. But, yeah. but me coming... But I made you laugh. <laughs> <laughs> you did, you did. You made me laugh. <laughs> but, but in return, me coming to Dubai wasn't free. Yes, yes. But, but that's, yes. Where I, that's where I see where you're coming yes, from. Yes, exactly. You, you put the effort to make this happen. To do that. You know, we planned it. You know what I mean? Because we, we knew it was going to be a good time. We yeah. knew it was going to be good. So there was effort put yeah. into it. That's, that's what I... Yeah. yeah. I don't think they know that this is uh, my cousin's mm. Turkish restaurant that mm. he opened two months ago. And the food is phenomenal. I don't know what's in it, but... I don't know. It's so good. There's like a... Um, like a, a grandmother vibe lady downstairs who does it on the hot no stove. Way. Like she's so authentic. And that's why you have word. to try this. How are you doing this diet? You're so good. Chalak. Okay. So, can I can I finish this? Yeah, yeah, you can you can. While I ask you questions. Yes, yes. Yeah, ask me, ask me, so I can think about it also. Um. Worst fear, NG. Death and war. 
death. Before I had kids, I wasn't really scared of death. But since I had kids, I'm, I'm so scared to die because I feel like who's going to love them as much as me? I used to drive like super fast cars and I love being on planes. Like whenever there is uh, turbulence, I get so excited. And, but now I'm worried about my life just for them. And war. War is my biggest fear. Yeah. That's an instinct, by the way, with parents that the moment they have kids, uh, what used to be nothing to them all of a sudden is is mm-hmm. is danger. Uh, more of a beachy person or... I'm beachy for sure. Beachy. Greenery doesn't do it for me. It gives me depression. Really? I won't. Ice, snow? Mm-mm. Can't do that. So North North Coast for you North is... North Coast is heaven for me. And by the way, the beach there is, is Caribbean vibes. Mm. It, it doesn't get pr- enough praise, the color of the water and the sand. It does, but I think what Egyptians wanted for it, for the North Coast, is for it to be an Egyptian destination. For the Egyptians. And I love that about it. And well. they go there. And they, they, go, they go there. Yeah. It's, it is so beautiful. Honestly, I went to so many places this summer. And I found myself there. It was just, I love, for me, the ease of, ease of, ease of just, you know, waking up and you can even leave your house barefoot and get in your golf car and go around and mm. do so many things with the same outfit and see the some, people are so hospitable. People are so friendly. Kids loved it. It's good for all ages. So yeah, by far it is one of for, it's, for it's me. laid back. You don't have to dress up exactly. either. Exactly. Like, yeah. For me, the for me, heaven, it is heaven. Like Lime awesome. Beach. Yeah. I um, I came across this question recently, and I and I said, you know what, I'm gonna. They're definitely making something downstairs. They're making me food. <laughs> That's what it is. I I. Was that you? Great throw. Yeah. I'm going to show you another throw she did the other day. Uh, Tim Ferriss dropped this question on, on someone on one of his previous episodes, and I was like, wow, I'm, I'm stealing that uh, because I loved it. And, it. and it was quite deep, and it goes, are you holding on to anything today that is holding you back? Yes. Well, what? Yeah. <laughs> what are you holding on to that's holding you back? Men's securities. Still? Yes, of course. They're never going to go men. But even with all your achievements, it, it didn't overshadow. Um, so there's something that I was talking, I was actually talking to someone, my husband, a few days ago. So every time I go out or I see people, the first thing they always, they always tell me, oh my God, you're so much cooler than you seem on social media. Or you're so much nicer. Or you're so much more beautiful. Or... You have so much potential. Why aren't you reaching your potential? And I'm like, and you know what? It's said to you so much. You start questioning yourself. Why can't people see that I'm, you know, that I'm that cool? On I'm really doing my best. And so you start questioning: Am I doing my best? Am I working hard enough? Am I doing something wrong? Am I not seeing what people are seeing? And when people keep telling me you have so much potential, and I'm seeing that I'm not, and so obviously what they mean is that I'm not reaching my potential, and I have so much more. So. Sorry, that's why you should not eat what you're talking. So, and that's, and, you know, and that affects me at the end of the day because I start questioning myself. And everybody's insecure about something, whether it's physically, whether it's, you know, uh, the, way, the way we think, the way we feel, you know, and, and nothing's wrong with that. But when you're constantly put in situations where people are, again, giving you their opinion or giving, even if it's obviously the way I said it, it's very positive, but the way it affects me is negatively and I hold on to it and I feel 
it is holding me back because I'm always feeling that people are watching, expecting, and then I expect, and then when it doesn't happen, it's mm. it's a disappointment. You know what I mean? And it's just a it's just a cycle. It's just a cycle. And I I have a very strong power of manifestation. I you know every time I see a healer or you know I used to go to these things and I and a lot of the healers. Oh my God, you have you know you're very strong. You have your energy is super strong. I even have a tattoo here. It says Elase Amena, which means come to me. So and they always told me that your problem is. You can manifest everything and anything you want, but there's so much negative thoughts because you don't believe in yourself fully that always come in. I, um, you know, whether it's my manager or my friends or my husband, they always say you always uh, self-sabotage. You, you self-sabotage yourself. Until today. Until today. I remember there was once I was doing, I, I can't say what it is exactly, but I was doing this really big, big event in front of someone really important, speaking Arabic. And I remember I was standing backstage just doing the rehearsals and I just thought to myself, Inji Kiwan, you're standing today in front of that person speaking Arabic in a dialect that's Fusha. Min wain la wain izay inti ta'amidi kida. Finish the rehearsal, I go home, I get a severe asthma attack, I'm taking to the emergency and I can't breathe and I can't speak for three days. I can't do the event. I ended up having to leave and that's when I realized Really, any you know, that self sabotage. That's self sabotage. So yeah, so I have. So yes, there is that, and I'm working on it. And but it's also involuntary self sabotage. Yeah, you didn't mean to. I, I mean, it just like a panic attack. Think... You don't want it to come to you, but sometimes yeah. the body. Takes... I just, I just don't believe in myself enough. I think I, I don't believe, and I think that's the problem. I don't believe. I, uh, sometimes you know, it used to happen to me before when I'd be at a wedding or at a party, when I'm having so much fun and dancing, I'd start crying. I'm like, I'm crying because I don't feel like I deserve this much happiness. So weird. It's like, where is that coming from? But I, you know, again, it was work in progress that I, you know, I, I realize I deserve, I deserve. But there are still, still some things that I feel maybe I don't deserve. And maybe that's, maybe that's also a way of me thinking I'm not getting it because I don't deserve it, which is also not right, you know? And, but that's something that maybe will be fixed again. Maybe next year you'll be sitting here and I'll tell you it's fixed. Maybe not. But that's definitely holding me back for sure. I think those are um, attributes of someone who has a good heart because because someone who thinks, yes, I deserve this and more and more and more, well, that's just bloody selfish. But when you meditate, so I so I practice gratitude a lot. So when I go for you know my morning walks or I, I do, and part of some of them, the mantras are, I deserve wealth. Mm. I deserve good health. I deserve happiness. I deserve love. I deserve... So there's two schools of thought, you know, when you believe you deserve it, you will manifest it, not necessarily do something bad about it, you know, but... Um, but when, when you get it, you, you didn't gloat. Ma, yes. I, a, a new word I stumbled upon in Arabic, uh, shamata. Oh, yeah, that's I hate, 100%. Do, yeah. do, do you know, like, yes. ha, yeah, you know, now that I'm here, you know, huh. good luck with that, exactly. Yes, yes, no, 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 that's... You have it and you're so protective and grateful of, over it, that's... I think that's just like kind of like where humanity needs to be. Have it and appreciate it because just like that, it could be taken away 100%, from you. 100%. Agreed. I want to finish so I can eat. <laughs> okay, so we have six more questions. Oh, dear God. <laughs> no, no, we, we, we went through it. And, and, and if we didn't, then we can definitely leave something for the next time. Yeah. 
you 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 went all out. Thank you. Thank you. You're so honest and raw, and I loved every minute. You did really. I did. Hundred percent. Good as doesn't even need to be edited, except the part when we got up. And I don't know why. Thank you. Thank you so much for doing this. All the best going forward. Be kinder to yourself. Thank you. And um, we are enough, right? I feel like a therapist. Yes, we are. We are. We are strong. The mantra. Beautiful. Thanks. Love thyself. Thank you so much. Thank you.